without tradition. Art is a flock of sheep without a shepherd. Without innovation, it is a corpse. Winston Churchill When I first went to my editor a few weeks ago with the idea of investigating the unsolved, mysterious death of an obscure high school art teacher in a little beach town in southern New Jersey, she never looked up from her computer as she asked me, aren't there enough cold cases around the Philadelphia suburbs? When I told her that the death occurred in the idyllic, historic southern New Jersey beach town of Cape June, she said, and with the slightest hint in her voice that I had piqued her interest. When I told her that the dead art teacher had been fired a decade earlier after grabbing the breasts of a stripper that he had dressed as a half-naked mermaid in front of his gawking 11th grade art students, she closed her laptop and said, tell me more. When I told her that the mermaid fondling art teacher was Jerry Quinn, the same art teacher that came onto the scene early in 2019 to lead the renowned Cape June Painted Seas Art Festival. That is, only eight months before his severed head was found on a jetty on the beach in front of Senate Hall. The same Jerry Quinn that I had come to know, at least as well as one could come to know a recluse artist. My editor stood up and pointed to her door telling me it was my story to unravel and I was wasting time just standing in her office talking about it. So here I am, back in Cape June, trying to unravel a story that spans a decade and then piece back together in some semblance of a version that makes sense to explain the gruesome, brutal murder of a despicable or compelling artist, depending on who you talk to, in the midst of a town and an art festival steeped in tradition. For Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton, and this is Painted Seas, the murder of Jerry Quinn. Hey, how you doing, Connor? It's Lisa from Woodbury, New Jersey. Loved your podcast, hon. So where are you with this? Who would have wanted to off the guy? Did he have any jealous exes? Kids looking to cash out? Fall out of a business partner? Well, be sure to get back to me, all right? And keep yourself safe. All righty then. See ya. Hi, Lisa. This is Connor. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Painted Seas podcast. I hear that you live in Woodbury, New Jersey. That is the county seat of Gloucester County. I learned that the hard way because I think I was doing 50 in a 25 there. I didn't see the the change of speed limit, and so I had to uh, appear in court at the Woodbury Courthouse. So, yes, I I know Woodbury. And, uh, you know, you have some great questions, and I I think what makes this case so puzzling is right now – there there's no one is a suspect so so i suppose that would mean anyone could be a potential suspect um one of your questions was uh, would it be possible that one of his ex-lovers or children might want to cash out on a policy or money from jerry and no that doesn't seem to be the case right now jerry lived very meagerly uh when he died there wasn't a windfall of money by any stretch of the imagination. Jerry didn't have much to his name. 
He lived off of his shells that he painted and his social security monthly check that he got. So yeah, if we were to head that direction, that doesn't seem likely. And another question was, did he, did he have a business partner that maybe he, you know, their relationship soured? And that's not the case either. Jerry was pretty much a lone wolf. So to me, one of the important things that I'm looking for is, is the why. If we can figure out why someone might have wanted to murder Jerry Quinn, then it might be easier to find the who. But right now, no one has any idea. As I was back in the studio trying to piece together the recent details of the Quinn murder, I realized I needed to learn more about who Jerry Quinn was, if he had any true enemies, why his appointment to lead the Painted Seas Art Festival in 2019 was so controversial, and why maybe it cost him his life. I called Rosalind, the nice woman from Rosie's Roadside Market, to see if I could glean any information about Quinn and his daughter. Rosie was able to tell me that Jerry's daughter is a bartender in one of the local pubs and goes by the name of Rusty. She also told me that Quinn had a sidekick, a Pancho Vila, who was not an artist but who tagged along with Jerry almost like a stray puppy. This guy goes by the name of Duffy and hangs out near Lighthouse Beach. So now I'm headed east, back to Cape June, to see if I can track down Rusty or Duffy. I think this might be a good time to call into the Cape June Police Department to see if they have any new leads in the various body parts that recently washed up on their beaches. You have reached the Cape June Police Department non-emergency line. If this is an emergency, you know the drill. Hang up and immediately dial 911. If you're stranded on a boat or other aquatic vessel, call SeaTow or the Coast Guard, as we can only assist you if you are on land. I apologize, but I had to step away from my desk for a while, but should return this afternoon or tomorrow morning. You can press 2-2 to leave a message for Chief Dyson or hold to leave a message in the general mailbox. Hi, Annie. This is Connor Avery Tuxton from Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. Please return my message at your earliest convenience. Thank you. Cape June is at the southern coast of the New Jersey coastline. And at the southern tip of Cape June is Lighthouse Beach. It gets its name from the historic conical-shaped lighthouse that stands 50 meters tall and overlooks its dunes. Lighthouse Beach is not the main stretch of Cape June, so in order to get to it, one has to park near the cove where the road ends and then walk away from the downtown toward the lighthouse. But as you get further away from the town, the beach almost becomes deserted, with nothing but the sounds of crashing waves and hovering shorebirds. Today is a gorgeous day in late September. This is a great time to be at the shore because the summer crowds are gone, but the air and the water are still warm. As I walk along the beach where Duffy told me to meet him, I notice that the beach is vacant, save for a random couple walking hand in hand along the water's edge, searching for shells. And then I spot someone in the distance. It is that of a hulking figure dressed only in tight fluorescent yellow swim shorts. And as I get closer, I notice that he is muscular and has no hair on his body, except for the curly wet locks that are plastered to his back. I also notice that he is wearing calf-high green swim socks and green gloves that reach up to his forearms. The man does not notice me at first, but he is honestly hard to miss. As I approach, he appears to be doing a rhythmic dance that is synchronized with the waves. 
it would make Shakira blush. Excuse me, sir? Are you Duffy McFarland? I am he that you call Duffy. My Poseidon-given name. I'm Connor Avery Tuxton of Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting, and I was wondering Damn if- Damn you, winged rat demon! Release him! Release him or you shall feel my wrath! Duffy, Poseidon, has just run away from me chasing a seagull that appears to have a clamshell in its beak. But he returns momentarily. My apologies, sir, but the shell creatures are innocent beings, forever pillaged by the flying rat demons. I must protect them. The flying rat demons drop them from the sky and break their shells and devour their sweet, wet flesh. You will feel my wrath, sky monkeys. And you were saying? I'm a reporter and I'm doing a story on the death of Jerry Quinn. I understand you knew him. At this point, Duffy reached out to me and pulled me toward him. And even if I would have wanted to resist, he, he was so powerful that he pulled me into this really tight bear hug. And I noticed that those green gloves had webbed fingers. I shall someday avenge the master's death. Somehow I managed to extricate myself from the hug of the web giant. So, Mr. McFarland, you knew Jerry Quinn? Yes, of course. He was like a father to me. Well, sort of. I was in his art class when he brought the gorgeous female sea nymph in and then tried to save her from drowning. At this point in the interview, Duffy McFarland turns on me, makes an, a total about face, and runs directly into the Atlantic Ocean without stopping. All I see is his body disappear. A few minutes later, he emerges from the surf. My mermaid princess lives here in the mother. I will find her someday. The mother will return her to me. The mother, you say? The mother ocean, of course. Right, of course. So you were saying that you were in Jerry Quinn's art class? Yes, but my land name was Tommy. Except the mean kids, like Ronnie, called me chubby. May I ask, who was Ronnie? Ronnie Zane. One of the master's artists who saved the mother from the evil men in the loud, buzzing craft. There was certainly a lot to unpack with that last statement. So, Duffy, you knew Ronnie Zane and the other artists that Jerry brought to town a month ago? Of course. The master had me watch over them while they practiced their arts for the festival. Right here on the beach. I like them all, except Ronnie. Duffy, a moment ago you spoke of evil men. Can you elaborate? I have to go now. Time to breathe. Wait. Duffy, I just have a few more questions. You should speak to Rusty. She has all the tapes. Yes, Rusty. Jerry Quinn's daughter. Can you tell me where I can find her? She works at the place where they do unspeakable things. What place? Egashegadra! And with that, Duffy vanished. I stood on the beach for a powerful long time. 15, 20 minutes. And this guy didn't come back out of the ocean. No bubbles, no flutters in the water, no nothing. Had I just witnessed the third death on the beaches in Cape June? 
Somehow I didn't think so. And even though this may have been one of the strangest interviews I've ever conducted, I couldn't help but thinking, maybe, just maybe, Duffy might be instrumental in helping us find Jerry's murderers. Or murderer. So my new mission was to track down Rusty. But it was hot, and I was tired. So I stopped in a coffee shop over by the Grand Avenue Mall, and I was headed to the gazebo on Landis Avenue when who did I notice but Carl, that peculiar fellow that I had interviewed in the first podcast. He was just sitting inside the gazebo, and I remembered that he knew Jerry Quinn, so I went up to have a conversation with him. Only he started in on me first. Hey, you that reporter guy? Yes, I am. I'm Connor, Connor Avery Tuxton from Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. You hear about Jerry Quinn? Yes, I did. It's very tragic. You know who did? No. Do you? No. Nobody knows. I'll tell you what. They ain't gonna find anything now with this police squad. Sheriff's no good. Deputy's even worse, sir. Something told me Carl did not like the Cape June police from his own personal experiences, but I had neither the time nor inclination. Hey, you used to drink with Jerry, right? <sighs> I drink with Jerry Quinn every night. Except for Sundays. I don't drink on the Lord's Day. Did Jerry ever talk about his daughter Rusty? No. I know Rusty, though. Who doesn't? She always make us doubles because Jerry asked her to. I like that. Wait, Rusty was your bartender? She's the prettiest bartender in Cape June. I like looking at her. I mean, who wouldn't? All these other dudes be flirting with her all the time, though. I'll tell you what. Jerry didn't like that shit. Okay, Carl, where exactly does Rusty work? She work over at Mother Shuckers. From where we were sitting, Mother Shuckers was only about a block and a half away on Landis Avenue. Carl, I'm afraid I have to go. Thank you, Carl. You want to touch it? Touch what? You want to touch my big penis? No, thank you. I'm, I'm good. That's, I'd rather not. It, you know, it's how I make a little money on the side, I guess. Yes. You know, like that movie, Boogie Nights with the Dirk and Diggler? Carl, I have to go. I'll talk to you soon. So far, I've only had two conversations with Carl, brief conversations, and he's managed to work his penis into both of them. I don't know, that's a little strange, I think. Something tells me he's super preoccupied with his equipment down there. But Carl did get me excited. Through this interview, I managed to learn that Rusty Quinn works at Mother Shuckers, and that's where I'm headed, and hopefully she has a shift tonight. Hi, how are you? Evening. What are you having? Hi, I'm looking for Rusty. Rusty Quinn. Who are you? I'm Connor. Connor Avery Tuxton. I'm a, I'm a reporter with Mid-Atlantic. I'm working, Broad- mister. You want a drink or something to eat? Otherwise... Sure, I'll have a Corona. And uh, how about some oysters? Are they fresh? No, they're a week old and moldy and they smell like ass. Kidding. Yes, of course they're fresh. 
Okay, I'll take a dozen with horseradish and Tabasco if you have it. Of course we do. Rusty, I knew your father. I'll be right back with your beer, and it's Rusty Mills. I never used Quinn. I never met Rusty when I interviewed Jerry Quinn for last summer's festival, and he never mentioned her. I wasn't sure if she was even going to want to talk about her murdered father. So, how do you know G? G? Jerry, my dad. Oh, right. I interviewed him for the art festival last summer, just before... Yeah, well... I, I know it must be hard, especially the way... I mean, do you have any idea who might have... Listen, G was a screw-up his entire life. Never realized the talent he possessed. But he was a showman. A strange one for sure. But a showman until the day he died. <laughs> the lunatic is probably somewhere laughing at the way he went out. No kidding. Oh yeah, dude was warped. Were the two of you close? Look, I gotta get back to work. Wait, you said he was talented. You mean, as an artist, right? He was talented was being the operative word. But he was put in charge of the Painted Seas Arts Festival. Yeah, and you know who got him that gig? I did. I pushed for him to do it to save the festival, not to bring in a gang of freaks. You mean artists? If that's what you want to call them. Did you not see those bozos? No, un unfortunately, I wasn't here for the actual festival. I was- Oh, Colin, you missed a shit show. It's Connor. I'll be right there. You want another? Look, Connor, I gotta get back to work. Enjoy your oysters. Step back tomorrow. I'll see if I can dig out the audition tapes G got from them. That would be awesome. Thank you. The next day, I stopped back around Mother Shuckers, and as promised, Rusty had a box of tapes waiting for me. It seems that Duffy, the guy I met from Lighthouse Beach, the guy who thinks he's the man from Atlantis, was documenting the entire festival for Jerry Quinn. And Rusty may have had a valid point when she said that the artists were freaks. I give you Exhibit A. Jazz Cordoba. Jello, this is Jazz Cordoba. And this is my official uh, application to the uh, Painted Seas uh, Festival. I am a finger painter. I use my middle fingers to showcase my art. I love to paint the fishes and the sailboats, the sailboats in Arbor. They say that truth is stranger than fiction. And I can assure you that's true. You see, if you think that Jazz Cordoba is an odd bird, just wait until you meet the other artists. For Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton, and this is Painted Seas, The Murder of Jerry Quinn.